Chapter Six of Gypsy, the Talking Dog, a story for young folks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Olson Fytak, Los Angeles. Gypsy, the Talking Dog, a story for young folks by Tudor Jenks. Chapter Six. A CONFIDENTIAL TALK Chris and Helen were for several days eager that the dog, whom they now always called Gypsy, should talk with them, or at least make a remark, so that they might be sure he had talked. But though he looked very wise, and seemed to understand what was said to him, he would do nothing more than other dogs do, bark, growl, sniff, and now and then whine the truth is that gypsy was thinking he was wondering whether he had done right in speaking he had done so because he was afraid he would be sent away to the gypsies camp again and he had not been treated well while there they had tried to make him perform tricks so that they might earn money by exhibiting him but he had never done any more than he had to do still he wondered whether it would not have been better to have waited possibly he might not have been sent away and he had never talked before to any human being except his old master while he was thinking this over he suddenly remembered that in their talk on the steamship galopoff had advised him or at least encouraged him to speak so now he made up his mind to have a talk with the pony how should he find out where the pony lived of course chris or helen would have told him if he had asked but gypsy did not like to ask he puzzled over the question for a long time while he lay dozing in a nice woolly rug that had been put near the open fire for his use and at last he thought of a plan that might work he had kept pretty closely to the house but he was not confined in any way and so after chris and helen had gone to school in the morning he had freedom to go wherever he chose he began by studying over the roads near the house until he had a good idea where they went then he ran out for a mile or two upon one of them and began to trot about in a great circle, keeping the house in view. In this way he went all around until he came to the place where he had started, the very road along which he had run away from the gypsy camp. The next day he made a wider circle, and the day after one still wider. He hoped in time to find some road over which the pony had gone. He thought he should be able to come upon some of Galopov's tracks, and with the wonderful power of scent that dogs have, he would then be able to keep to the track until he could follow Galopov home. The plan succeeded. One day, it was the fifth after he began his search, he suddenly recognized the scent that he remembered meant the little pony. 
gypsy was so delighted that he jumped into the air and squealed with joy and then with nose close to the ground he began to track the pony's course away he went trotting as fast as he could follow the tracks and so busy that he forgot everything else suddenly he heard something coming up behind him and before he could turn a voice cried out look out there puppy gypsy jumped aside looked up and there close behind him was a pony carriage with galopoff between the shafts the voice that had called to him was that of the lady who was driving gypsy was so excited that he ran along beside the carriage barking as loud as he could apparently galopoff did not recognize his little friend for he trotted briskly along without paying any attention the lady in the carriage she was alone seemed amused by the dog's playfulness for she spoke to him kindly and chirruped to him but he had no eyes for her as he was trying to get near enough to the pony's head to exchange a word or two with him two or three times the dog came almost to the pony's nose but just as gypsy began to think he could begin the conversation the pony would go a little faster and then gypsy's legs would have to fly to keep up faster and faster they went until the lady said whoa there galopoff where are you going surely you're not frightened by that foolish little puppy but galopoff only turned his head slyly closed one eye and then went on faster than ever at length gypsy began to tire he had never been used to running very fast and besides he had been a long way that morning and was tired when the race began so gypsy decided that he couldn't catch galopoff and would have to let the pony go on he slowed down meaning to follow the carriage at a distance to his surprise no sooner did he change from a run to a trot than the pony also slackened his pace and the slower gypsy went the slower also went galopoff then he knew that the pony had been playing with him and so he gave himself no trouble to do more than just keep along back of the carriage they went on for a mile or so at a gentle jog-trot and then galopoff turned into a stone gateway stopped before a pretty house and the lady got out leaving the pony to take the carriage to the stable by himself the lady kindly patted gypsy as she left the carriage and then she went indoors gypsy followed galopoff to the stable and seeing that the pony would not talk until he chose the little dog sat quietly by until the unharnessing was over and galopoff was in his stable the beautiful stable that had been put up for him especially the little dog had sat by so quietly that the stableman who was really not much more than a boy being a nephew of patrick galopoff's old friend made no objection when gypsy followed galopoff into the stall the boy's name was terence he had been instructed to let galopoff have his own way and he saw that the pony did not object to the dog 
so terence went about his business and gypsy and galopoff were left together don't you know me galopoff asked gypsy yes said the pony but it is a dog's age since i saw you on the steamer not quite said gypsy but it is a good many months well i am here so i see answered the pony and you made very good time getting here i really had to trot quite fast to keep ahead of you but why did you i wanted to speak to you and tell you how i came why did you run away from me didn't you know me certainly i know you well enough galopoff replied but i thought we'd better wait until we were by ourselves now i shall be glad to hear about your adventures since i saw you with the gypsy men i suppose you took my advice and ran away gypsy told galopoff about his life with the gypsies about his escape and finally about the scene where the gypsy had come to claim him and now galopoff he said i'm worried because i had to speak out before all three yes all four of them i was afraid you see that they might give me back to the gypsies but now they all know that i can talk and i'm afraid they will want me to talk all the time as a rule galopoff said it is wisest for us talking animals to speak only to children but i don't see what else you could do if i were you i wouldn't trouble myself about it any more you know that they can't make us talk i know gypsy answered but i'm afraid now that they won't let me go go where go back to my old master why should you wish to go asked galopoff pulling a wisp of straw from his feed-box and chewing it slowly as he looked kindly down at the serious-faced little dog did i ever tell you about my french master gypsy asked and then went on i know i didn't you see he and i were not like most i was really all he had in the world he was poor and miserable when i first met him he brought me from my country home when i was a tiny puppy while i had hardly got used to having my eyes open and i think he bought me only because he was lonely at that time he was a clown in a small circus not the kind that travels about but the kind that doesn't said galopoff i know i was a circus pony once before i made my fortune and retired before that he had been a soldier and had fought somewhere in those foreign countries none of us knows anything about speak for yourself said galopoff interrupting you mean tonkin it is a country with which i am not unfamiliar but one which you of course know little it is not your fault but go on yes i think that was the name of it he was wounded there so he couldn't do the tricks that he used to do and he then became a clown clowns lead very sad lives at home how absurd galopoff exclaimed clowns are just like other people see here my friend by the way what is your name now 
the children named me Gypsy, the dog replied, and I think I like the name very well, don't you? It is a charming name, Galopoff replied. I think that most names that begin with G are charming, but never mind. I was going to advise you not to make so many remarks about things. Go right on with your story. I know most of the things you put in to fill up, and you haven't much time. I shall have to send you home pretty soon, as I have a thinking engagement with myself this afternoon. Yes, sir, answered Gypsy. I will try to tell a straight story. Well, as I said, my master had no friends, and he lived alone in a little attic. He went out into the country one day that the circus was closed, and, seeing me playing before a cottage, he burst out laughing because I was so awkward, asked Galopoff slyly. No, graceful, Gypsy replied gravely. So he went in and bought me from the peasant woman and took me home. As soon as I was old enough, he began to teach me tricks. The first thing he taught me was to sit up, and then he taught me to sit down, Galopoff suggested. No, sir, to roll over, Gypsy answered. And so it went on until I had completed the first part of my education. I must have learned rapidly, because although my master could teach me for only an hour or so a day, yet about the time I was about a year old, I was ready to be exhibited. Then he took me into the circus and gave me an act. To those unfamiliar with circus life, stop right there, said Galopoff. That is the kind of remark I want you to leave out. I graduated from the circus before you were littered. I forgot, Gypsy said, and resumed his story. Soon my master found that the people were delighted with my part of the show, and he thought he could make more money by showing me in the street. He bought a big drum, so that I could stand on it and do my tricks, and we started in business for ourselves. Was the venture profitable? Galopoff inquired. Sir, Gypsy asked, did it pay? Oh, yes, sir. Those were our happy days. How little we think that those happy times. Whoa there, Galopoff exclaimed. Yes, sir. I forgot. We had a good time then, and my master began to teach me to talk. I knew only dog language, pig language, hen talk, and pigeon lingo, with just a few words of country French when he began, but I soon learned to talk easily with him. My master was amazed when he found I really talked long sentences, but no one would believe what he said about it, and I wouldn't talk when anyone else was there. I think, said Galopoff, interrupting him, that I shall have to bring this very pleasant interview to an early close. I found your story a very delightful one, and now I suggest that you tell me in a few words what is troubling you at present. You have a good home, plenty to eat, 
no poor master to bother about and you can simply settle down as a petted lapdog and grow old and fat at your leisure at this remark gypsy rose from the stable floor and began to trot toward the door galopoff trotted after him stopped him at the door and inquired why do you think you are going gypsy stopped as indeed he had to for galopoff stood directly in front of him i was going home gypsy said i did not like what you said about being a petted lapdog i am a respectable dog i have always worked for my living and whatever petting i have had i have earned besides i care something about my master he has always shared fairly with me and i can't bear to think that he is in want while i have more than i need you come right back here galopoff answered i said that only to see whether you were in earnest you're a little trump that's what you are i divide dogs into two classes trumps and tramps those that do some giving as well as getting and those that take all they get and growl because there isn't more of it the two animals walked back to where they had been talking now said galopoff you may consider me your friend galopoff is your friend that means a great deal you will find i think you are quite right to do something for your old master i did the same toward mine and now we are both prosperous i advise you now to go straight home and as soon as a good opportunity presents itself you have a talk with your master the children's father i mean tell him briefly about your life and your wishes there are some human beings that animals can trust i've trusted my friends and all has gone well with me did you ever read my life no said gypsy i can't read very fast in english and not much better in french you should read it said galopoff it is published with illustrations i'll send you a copy of it some day when you have time to read it carefully cause it doesn't do me justice but it gives some idea of my career i think i shall write an autobiography some day something about a horseless said galopoff don't mention the senseless things what would you think of an iron dog that wagged its tail by clockwork and barked by steam i do not like the idea said gypsy with a sniff of disdain it seems very undoggy that will show you why i hate autos galopoff said but to return you must tell your new master that you would like to go in search of your old one let him help you remember not to frighten him at first by talking too much say a word or two and then let him get used to the idea that you can talk good-bye galopoff said gypsy you have been very kind and i appreciate it i'm not kind it's my disposition the pony replied people are good to me and so i am good to others come and see me again after your talk and we'll decide what to do next i like your pluck in running away from the gypsies and you may count on me to do all i can to help you 
the sun was far down and the roads were shadowy when gypsy took his way back to his home not a bad little puppy remarked galopoff to himself but he needs guidance end of chapter six recording by linda olson fytok los angeles